if I was changing what I was doing or how I was doing or who I was doing it for on a regular basis, you create so much brand confusion that they end up not Dude, trusting you. That's true. And then eventually they're like, well, what do you even do? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, and I say this a lot, if you want your employees to work for more than a paycheck, you have to give them more than a paycheck. Mm. And like no one's there for the job. Like even as business owners, like we don't always love what we do. We love what it allows us to do. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Mike Claudio on with me. How you doing, bro? What's up, bro? Appreciate it. And uh, Mike is a sales coach. He's an accountability coach, and he helps people with leadership. And today we're talking about organizational change and creating accountability in your organization, which I think is a very important topic. Uh, a lot of contractors uh, are kind of new on creating leadership groupings and leadership in general. So what have you seen as you started to help contractors? Uh, what have you seen be some of the major problems in the, the leadership role and just their structure? Well, I mean, I'll take a bag even before that, like when I was leading a roofing company and I was leading a remodeling company, so I didn't own those companies, but I was like number two. So I was like that integrator, more of that direct leader to most of the people while the business owner was doing the business owner things. And, you know, what I really saw in that journey of me helping those companies grow, I mean, like I grew the, both those companies by millions of dollars in a pretty short amount of time. And what, what I saw in the moment, like as the leader in the heat of it was, being able to articulate why we're changing and why changes need to happen to the team to elicit like a positive response. Mm. Because most people are resistant and hesitant to change mm. in general, specifically when they don't understand why. Mm. You know, when you look at a lot of employees on their team, well, you're, like, you're asking them to change or work harder or work differently. A lot of times like, what, is this just because you want to make more money? Right, we need more sales. That's because the owner wants to make more money. And like, if people really knew from the front lines what it looked like from the top of the mountain, I think they would have a different opinion about it. And so having more clarity around why we're changing, having more clarity around the understanding of how they, their mission as the employee becomes true and continues to grow as part of the changes I'm making as the leader, because it's my job to be like looking out ahead. It's their job to be down in the weeds on a day-to-day -day basis. So they can't see, and really they shouldn't be looking at what I'm looking at that's coming ahead, right? So we look at today's mm -hmm. current environment, looking at material pricing volatility, labor shortages, client, you know, consumer buying habits. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Your job is to make sure the nail gets put in the right spot. Mm -hmm. So we don't have the same perspective. And you have the perspective maybe of your one department. And so having a clear understanding of why changes are happening and holding people accountable to playing their role in that change helps them see the power that they have yeah. in the overall machine. Because one cog is off and the whole machine stops working. Well, here's one thing I see that's a problem with leaders in small businesses, contractors in general. Like we're talking, people are going off in this direction and then going off in that direction as a leader. Yeah, yeah. Because- yeah. <laughs> Very it, inconsistent. It's and, very, because I, yeah. <laughs> I want this company, I want this company. Like they're actually starting new little yeah. skunk works yeah. inside of their company, distracting <laughs> and pulling resources. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, because it is incredibly easier to start a company than to grow a company. Yeah, so let's just start another one. <laughs> and so like you get to that certain point where it's like, the friction starts yep. and maybe your profitability drops because you have to start reinvesting in the company to grow it. Because every company goes through profitability waves. Some years are very profitable, some years aren't based on what you need to invest back in the company mm -hmm. to get to the next phase. And so when they hit that, well, I'm not making as much money. Yeah. Let me go, I, I, let me just start doing fencing yeah. or yeah. let me start doing debt. That's or, what I'm saying. So the real question, before we get like, let's get more into how to get people on board. Yep. 
but let's just talk real quick about when is the good, you know, like, should you be pivoting that much? Short answer, no. Long answer would be, it really comes down to like, what are the core values and the mission and the vision of the company? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you can vertically integrate, yeah. right? Sometimes you can start another company that helps support the mission as a whole. And if you can say, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing now, adding this helps us get there better. And you can tell that story mm -hmm. with extreme detail, with metrics that back it up, with an understanding of how mm. this is what we're doing now and we're adding this mm. to help this become this. If you don't understand where you're going, yeah. there's never a clear right and wrong. When you get to a fork in the road, I'm gonna talk about this today actually, when you get to a fork in the road, there's very rarely a bad decision. Right? It's very rarely like, oh, let's go this way and let's fire everybody or let's go this way and let's hire 100 people. Like That's never that clear, bad, good. Mm -hmm. It's both are good, both create growth, both create profitability, but which one is the right one to get us where we're going? Like mm -hmm. look at the GPS system, there's not always one way to get somewhere, but if you don't know where you're going, not every turn's not gonna be as obvious. So when you're making decision yeah. changes, you're making organizational changes, if, it, if you cannot articulate to your team how this decision mm -hmm. or this addition or this add-on or this pivot or this change, because sometimes you have to change the entire purpose of the company because you're realizing that based on current market conditions or previous bad decisions have led you to a point where the outcome, the goal, the mission, the vision of where the company needs to go, this is, this is guiding you away from it. Yeah. And I can get really deep in the weeds on, on well basically what I, I also just think is thoughtfulness and having trusted advisors yeah as well that will allow you to then present these ideas to your team and make sure that you're all on board i mean honestly having my wife as part of my business has been a has been a very good part because i have to explain in detail every decision and make sure that it aligns yeah. and make sure that like the leaders on my team align now so i've got a 20 person team starting to get like the five leaders and all that yeah. it's a good experience but now i have to, i have to talk to those people and make sure we're all on board and i also like i took this from dustin beagler of apple roofing but got my spreadsheet with ideas that a lot of stuff goes into and doesn't come out of yep. You know what I mean? Like take like shelving stuff has been good for me, but like I work with big companies, like some of them 15 million plus 20 million that are changing the business model too often. Yeah. And that's a very interesting thing as a leader. Cause it's not a bad thing as a fucking hyper productive, badass entrepreneur. It's a terrible thing as a leader of 20 plus people. I mean, I, I would say it's, it's equally as bad because yeah. even as a hyper productive, let's say serial entrepreneur, yeah. I think people chase money, not purpose, mm -hmm. and then eventually they get all the money and then they're miserable, right? Yeah. So I think it's just as detrimental. Maybe it doesn't impact the organization as much because there's not as many people on the mission with them, mm -hmm. but I still think it's just as detrimental. Because I mean, so we see this yeah. all the time. They're yeah. like, every quarter they're doing something different and they're excited and they're mm -hmm. winning, but at some point, like, there's only so much money you can get before if you don't have a purpose behind it, you're just miserable. I honestly, I paid $350 for half an hour of this one coach guy's time one time. And I, afterwards I thought it was worthless, but it stuck with me. He told me, he's like, dude, you're doing way too many things. Focus on the one thing. Yeah. Stop doing all this other stuff. And I was early yep. first couple people, you know, like I was just getting started and he's like, dude, this is too many random business ideas. Like I'm like, it's kind of like good. Like it's fun, like good for you that you yeah. have all these ideas, but literally having one thing is so much more effective. Like if you can really focus on your one thing, that was a big deal for me, even though, you know, at the time I was like, fuck that. That's but it, it also creates like consumer and market trust. 
Yeah. You know, when you're changing your message all the time or changing your mission mm. all the time, like your market and your Ooh. and your people, it creates brand confusion. Yes. Like for for a, a brand as a name, yeah. right? Yes. Or a brand as a person. Yes. Right. If Mike Claudio this week is contractors, next week is agency owners, the next yeah. week is insurance agent, the next week is property management companies because that's who wants to hire me right yeah. now. I turn away more clients than we take on. Yeah because I want to be known for a thing. Like we work with contractors. We're one-on-one -on -one business coaches for contractors. Yeah. We work with, you know, a lot of interior guys, some exterior guys, but like if I was changing what I was doing or how I was doing or who I was doing it for on a regular basis, you create so much brand confusion that they end up not Dude, trusting you. That's true. And then eventually they're like, well, what do you even do? Yeah. And you're like, well, it depends what day it is. And like, well, it shouldn't matter what day or, it is. Or you po you're posting your music on your professional page one this guy that I, like dude i'm a you know i started in graphic design and i follow this one guy he's like it literally once you do that you're playing you're, you're putting your music out you're you're acting like i don't know a rapper or something like that you got like five things going on. i fucking love rapping dude i love i love music i don't talk about that shit. i don't i don't usually post my art i'm like trying to do all kinds of stuff i i have a lot of interests but i literally try to keep my shit really yeah. focused because it does, it confuses people. I'm just reiterating what you're saying. Yeah, you say. no, it's, it's very true. So let's get into it. Organizational change. You've decided something. You you've justified it to your your leadership team. Yep. Or how do you how do you really get people going in that same direction? Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? What's wrong with shared leads? Or Facebook ad leads? Yeah. Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team. So the first step is, is helping them understand what's in it for them. Mm. You know, because if, if they don't understand what's in it for them, then it's hard for them to get bought in. And I think like we kind of said a little bit earlier, like making them part of it, like like getting your team on board, right? Yes. Getting their input. Yes. And when you get your team's input, that makes them part of the plan, which makes them more bought into making it successful because they played a piece in, in organizing and approving the plan. Yes. And so now they're interested in making it successful. If you just say, hey, this is what you're gonna do. They're like, well, I don't even agree with you, but I guess I'll try. And then, but they're not really bought into making it successful. He's like, well, it wasn't my idea anyway. Yeah. Well, that's a really like victim mentality approach, but that's a lot of employees. So if you really want to get the buy-in, the first step is understanding, like getting their feedback, getting like, and you don't always have to accept it, but getting their feedback is sometimes they don't have the perspective, right? Someone can say, well, Mike, I think this. And I can say, well, I thought that, but here's why I don't think that's going to work yeah. right now based on what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. That's great input. But even great. answering those questions helps them feel Gets like them, they're, they're a part of it. Yeah. Yep. So at least it makes them feel heard and then helping them understand what's in it for them, right? If you don't understand the dreams and goals and aspirations of your employees, you're never going to be mm. able to elicit real change because I'll tell you right now, and I say this a lot, if you want your employees to work for more than a paycheck, you have to give them more than a paycheck. Mm. And like no one's there for the job. Like even as business owners, like we don't always love what we do, we love what it allows us to do. Mm -hmm. So if you understand like why your employees are working, like what is that check going towards? Is it for a vacation, a house, an engagement ring, freedom? Is it they want time freedom more than bonuses? Is they want more time off? Do they want more half days? Do they want to be able to work from home some? Like, That's confusing to me because it's totally different 
per employee. You know, it's totally different per employee. It's very difficult sometimes because it's like now it's starting to try to keep that all straight. Like, but that's this your person job. Likes this, this but person that's likes your this. job yeah, as the leader. Yeah, if you, yeah. but, it, but if you're trying to create change in your organization yeah. and you can't tell each of your key leaders, not maybe if you have a hundred employees, you don't yeah. like it's your key leader's job to then deliver that message yes, to you their people. Teach them how to do this. Correct. But if yeah. you have your four or five leaders and you can't tell them how what they want to happen in their life comes true by helping you implement this change, they're not gonna be bought in because mm -hmm. they don't understand why they're doing it. Because typically it's more work, typically it creates fear, typically it's more effort, typically it's a distraction from what they their normal routine is. And usually so you, it's a little bit of survival mode, like from a lot of employees are kind of like. Well, and sometimes there's yeah. just hope. Sometimes yeah. there's just hope that you're right and because they can't see it and they have to put in the work not yeah. knowing if it's gonna work. Ah, but help, not, yeah. but helping them understand that like, it, just trust me on this. And if you do this, like, if, hey guys, if we can do this, we'll hit this number and then like, you know, Clifton, you'll get that bonus you're looking for. Josh, you'll be able to make that. Or, or Lindsay, you'll get the extra vacation time. Cause like, that's what they want. Yeah. And so if you can't, if you can't tell me your top four or five leaders right now, what they actually want in life, then you can't properly get them ah, bought into change. That's very good, yeah. I dig it. I'm just mulling on because it. Because here's the other yeah. part of it. And like, I think, you know, I think Ed Milet said it the best that I've heard, but if your mission isn't big enough that everybody on your team can see success in their life as a part of your mission, at some point they'll jump ship. Yeah. Right. So if, if, if you're on a massive ship, right, and you're going towards a destination and you have key employees in there and they see that destination matches their destination. Yeah. The minute you start veering away from that destination, their destination didn't change. At some point, they'll see you going away from it and they'll jump ship. And they'll be like, well, I just couldn't pass up this opportunity. Right? I, 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 and you'll, you'll lose key employees that you like, thought were happy out of nowhere. Mm. And it comes down to they stopped seeing success in their life mm. on your mission because your mission was changing. Yeah. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes what got you here is not going to get you there. And that employee that started with you, that helped you build it up, you're like, but Mike, I wouldn't be here without them. True, but you will never be there with them. Yep. So sometimes you have to like, what got you here is not going to get you there. And sometimes yeah. people jumping ship is a good thing, but your key people should understand and want to be a part of making the ship successful because if the ship is successful, they should see success in their lives on whatever their dreams, aspirations, yeah. financial goals are. And, and, but vice versa, if you ask somebody, what do you want in life? And they tell you, and you know, your mission isn't going to help them get there. Mm -hmm. It is your job as a leader to help them find some, another mission. Mm. Because like, let them go because they're never going to be happy. They're going to start to deteriorate effectiveness. They're going to start to deteriorate buy-in. They're going to start to deteriorate culture because they're not going to be happy, but maybe they're loyal or maybe they're afraid to make a change. But if they tell you what you want, what they want, and you know for a fact that you're not going to be able to provide that for them, it is your job as the leader to like help them find somewhere else. This is good. This is good. Let's talk a little bit about accountability and creating organizational accountability. Yep. So let's say you know these things. Yep. I know some of these things, and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to be a you know like a I read a lot and yep. you know, a lot of self development and leadership stuff. So I'm really appreciating this reminder on some of the stuff. It's hard to make it all happen, you know, like with people, because now with the second layer, yep. once, once you get that that leadership stuff going, and you got then they have their people, and then it's teaching these people how to. Do this. Yep. So this is really good for my people to watch because they're hearing this stuff that I've been studying and thinking about and trying to implement, albeit sometimes poorly. <laughs> but it's hard when you're in it. Yeah. yeah. How do you get these people? Let's say, like I love. It sounds like you've read the Dream Manager. Have yeah, you? yeah. I love the Dream Manager. Yeah. And the Dream Manager is just helping your people understand. You know, talking through the their dreams and then helping 
them get there in yep. whatever way, you know, enabling them, being part of that. How do you get then these five leaders to be their own kind of dream manager? You yep. know, have them read the book, I guess. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. and then how do you, like, I'm trying to actually set this up now to help them do the development process. So, so tactically, I do a SWOT analysis and initiative creation waterfall style. Mm -hmm. So I'll do one for the business. Mm. And then I do a SWOT analysis, you know what SWOT analysis is? Yeah. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yes. Sir. So I do one for the business, and I do one for each key employee, mm -hmm. and then they go do one for each of the people that report okay. to them. Awesome. And so every quarter, we're analyzing previous quarter's initiatives, what went well, what didn't go well, yeah. what will we do differently, what is our current SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the business, for my leaders, and then for their, their, their reports. And then what are our initiatives for the next 90 days based on company initiatives and individual initiatives, yeah. right? Because not all initiatives are going to be company focused. For some people, I'll be like, hey, you know, I, t I said I want to lose 10 pounds last quarter. I didn't. And so this quarter, I'm going to join a gym with a friend. And so my, my leader is now going to hold their person accountable in their weekly check-ins. Did you join that gym? Mm -hmm. Because we're looking at your initiatives and we're looking at, we're, we're reviewing our initiatives every week as a company and as a team. Mm -hmm. And so every week we're saying we're going through every initiative. I probably, as a company, we probably have about 20 right now. And so every mm -hmm. Tuesday in operations meeting, we, look, we go through every initiative. What has happened, what is happening, what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're touching every initiative every week. And sometimes it's like, we, oh, we missed that, or oh, we forgot, or oh, we didn't get to something. But we're catching it every week to be able to make sure that the ball keeps moving forward, as mm -hmm. opposed to like, ah, oh, whatever happened to that thing we said we were going to do? Or didn't we say we are going to get some content going? Or didn't we say we are going to start a podcast? Yeah, it was like six years ago. And like, huh. it just never happens, right? And so... I meet with my operations team once a week. My leaders meet with their team once a week. Mm -hmm. And does it, does it take a lot of time? Yes. Is it 100% worth it? Yes. Mm. Because if you're not constantly holding people accountable to the initiatives based on, like cause when I look at the SWOT analysis, the way we create initiatives is what strengths do you want to capitalize on? What weaknesses do you want to improve? What opportunities do you want to take advantage of? And what threats do you want to protect yourself against? So we, we answered those four questions, which creates- Can you creates, say those again? Yep, strengths. So he doesn't have to go yeah. back and scrub. Are you ready? Yeah. Strengths. What strengths do you want to capitalize on this quarter? All right, so let's just say for me, like my online brand is one of my strengths. Yeah. How do I want to capitalize on that? Well, I want, to I want to get on more, I want to get on other people's audiences. So my goal is to get on 12 podcasts this quarter, 12 other people's like interview. So this well, is one. Dang. Okay, congratulations. You're number one because it's like the first week of the quarter. Yeah. But so like that's, so how am I going to capitalize on one of my strengths is I want to go take my brand and get it in front of other people's audiences mm. to hopefully grow my own. Right? So that's an initiative, yeah. right? So what weaknesses do I want to improve upon? So for us as a business, personally, uh, scope creep on initiatives is a big issue for me because okay. ideas pop up throughout the quarter yeah. and we want to implement them. And I have a lot of high performers on my team, so a lot of ideas are made or, and brought mm -hmm. to the attention. We want to, as a, as a support staff, my team wants to jump in and make it happen right away. Mm -hmm. And so we, we're implementing a new initiative adjustments SOP, standard yeah. operating procedure, yeah. where we're going to have a submittal process when someone has an idea and it's going to get talked about at leadership and then voted on as a team. Do you have SOPs written? Uh, I mean, written SOPs is, is that's a whole nother podcast. That's a beautiful but, thing. But, but, but we, that's one of our weaknesses right yeah. now is scope creep. So an opportunity right now for my, my team is other people's audiences, right? Like they're starting to grow their individual brand as coaches and experts, like an opportunity is let's go get on some additional podcasts or stages or that kind of stuff. And then threats for us is, you know, buyer, buyer's ability, you know, buyer spend comfortability, right? Mm -hmm. So our clients' clients is a threat to us because if contractors stop making yes. money, you know, as a coach, marketing agency, we tend to be like a non-essential yeah. a lot of the time we get cut. 
And so a threat to our company is our client's clients. So we're doing a better job this quarter intentionally talking about financials with our customers mm. so that they better understand their numbers so that we can catch windfalls before they happen yeah. and catch profitability issues. Like that's an example. What strengths do you want to capitalize on? What weaknesses do you want to improve? What opportunities do you want to take advantage of? And what threats do you want to protect yourself against? Yes, sir. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left-behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. And that should develop eight to 15 initiatives for the company and per person on my team. Mm. And so I have 12 people. So we execute 10 initiatives per people. That's 120 improvements made in a quarter. That's a lot. But they're little. Some yeah. are little, some are bigger. Some, yeah. some will take one day, some will take 90 days. Mm. They're not all massive. For some people, it's just develop a better task management system. Mm -hmm. Like we use Asana for pretty much all of our tasks and yeah. project management. Well, if there's two or three people on the team, a weakness right now is utilizing Asana. Yeah. So we came up with an initiative. Here's the three things, three things we want you to use Asana for this yeah. quarter. That's simple. It's easy, it's not complicated. Other things are more complex, right? Like I'm adding a, a new segment to the podcast. That's gonna be more time consuming. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take more initiative, it's gonna take more the people. Q &A. The Q&A. The Q&A, yeah. Ask, ask, ask me anything. Ask a question right now. So I'm gonna start. If, if you have a question, yeah. So I've, I'm gonna start an ask me anything segment because I've been doing it on Facebook when I fly. I get some really good questions in the comments. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a co-host for this one specific segment who's gonna ask me questions that my audience provides. So if you have a question you want me to answer, go to, you can email it to Mike at uh, bigstudsales.com. It's the Big Stud podcast is the, yes, is, is the podcast. But, you know, so from that perspective, like some initiatives are bigger, some initiatives, but every single week we're, we're touching every single initiative. Mm. And it sometimes it's like, because like we, getting deep in the weeds here, but we prioritize the initiatives by month in the quarter. Because not all initiatives are a priority from day one of the quarter, right? That's good. And so, like we say, okay, these are the these are the initiatives we want we want to focus on month one, month two, and month three of the quarter. Yeah. So we touch on all of them, but we we say, okay, that's still a month two initiative, that's still a month three initiative. But let's say in, in week five, you're like, hey, that that month three initiative really needs to get moved up because we're ahead of schedule. So we're talking about it every single week. We're touching it every single week to say where are we, what needs to happen, what are next steps. Um, just to make sure that the ball stays focused mm. and, the, and their attention stays focused because any high performing team, especially in an ever evolving growing company, you know, put in perspective, we've grown 300% four years in a row. Mm. That's a lot of growth for any company. And so we're constantly evolving. And so keeping my team focused on what are our priorities this quarter is important because you know how tangents happen and yeah. ideas happen and distractions happen. So every week I'm bringing my team back together and then they are in turn doing that. Like for instance, my, my head of coaching. So I have six coaches, a head of coaching. They, he talks to the coaches twice a month. Mm -hmm. So every time they talk, we're going through their eight to 10 initiatives to say, where are we on your 12 other people's audiences? Where are you with your Asana utilization? Where are you with your content improvement? Because two or three of them might suggest that their opportunity would be to increase their content production quality. Mm -hmm. Their content's good, but they're like iPhone selfies. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's get a tripod, let's hire a videographer, let's get your content to the next level. Mm -hmm. Well, now my head of coaching is gonna go to that person every two weeks, okay, have you hired a videographer? How are you planning? Because sometimes people get hesitant to change because they're nervous about it, yeah. but like you can't hide from it if you're talking about it every call. So let's just talk a little bit about like, a lot of leaders need accountability. Yep. And where do you look for that? What is something that you can do as a, like a contractor who's running a, let's say five, 10, 50 person company, 
do to create some accountability maybe outside the organization? I mean, obviously like I run a coaching company, right? So I, highly, I, I have a coach. Technically, I was queuing that up. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. Have fun. Yeah. I owe him five bucks for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, so for me, it's like I've had a coach for four years and it's not the same coach. It changes as my business evolves and what I need evolves. But I think everybody should have an outside resource that they can go to that they trust to like be open, to, to share the, the things they wouldn't want to share with somebody on their team. Mm. And to be honest, like I turn into like kind that's of, good. I kind of turn into a therapist, right? Cause yeah. like I'm the person that they can come to that's outside their ecosystem that they trust to share the reality of what's happening. Cause a lot of business owners struggle sharing the truth, whether that's their issues with their spouse, their issues with substance abuse, their issues with team members, their issues. And so having an outside perspective, what makes me great as a coach is I'm not emotionally attached to your business. Yeah. I can tell you, you're being an idiot right now yeah. because you're not paying attention. And because I don't care, like, not that I don't care, I care about you. Yeah. I don't care about the machine that you're running. Yeah. You're yeah. passionate, like you built it, it's your baby. And sometimes the integrator, like if they're trying to like vent to an integrator, because I'm a visionary kind of person, yeah. if I'm trying to vent to an integrator, they're just being like, dude, don't do that. Yeah, because then you confuse the fuck out like, of them. Like and that's well, and you and you also run the risk of deteriorating that your team's belief in you. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's not lot, just venting too, it's like coming up with new initiatives and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, all these things that you do to integrators sometimes that they well, and, and sometimes they can't well, be they can't be rational because they're gonna have to implement on right. whatever you're saying. Well and also I think being able to to vet an idea with somebody who can help you articulate it in a way to get the desired outcome, yes. right? And so as I work with companies, like I've had some clients for almost three years, now I know their team. Hey, like you probably don't want to say it that way to, to John. Like you should probably, yeah. and they're like, yeah. God, you're right. I probably shouldn't yeah. do that. And because I have the outside perspective, the unemo I'm not emotionally attached yeah. to it. I can give you honest, direct feedback. And like I only coach on what I know. I don't coach on theory. I don't coach on concept. I coach on things I've done. So very rarely am I like, you should do this. It's, very, it's typically like, here's how I would handle that. Or here's how I did handle that. And then like we, I work together with my clients to like find like what is the right way for them to do it. Cause I expect pushback. I don't expect my clients to just do whatever Mike says. Mm -hmm. I, Cause they, they have perspective and understanding and information I don't have. Mm -hmm. So going through that and helping them analyze that and having that outside perspective is really powerful. Love that. Cause I, I honestly, some, I think accountability is one of the big ones that a coach is really cool for. And then on the other side, you've got just the, you have, eyes on so many organizations. Oh, so yeah, the perspective that is awesome. Super yeah. cool to like. I mean, I've coached over 300 yeah. companies anywhere from half a million to a hundred million at this point. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's the, that's the broad range. Most of my clients are in like the one to five, one to 10 million range. So I see people doing this or I see people do that. Well, it's and, really good too. And I, and it uh, keeps me fresh in the market. Like yeah. I'm not coaching on things I did five years ago. Like I'm coaching on things I'm learning right now by implementing, analyzing, and adjusting with my clients along yeah. the way. And, you know, it's incredibly powerful. And like coming to events like this and talking to guys like you about your perspective of things and better understanding from different markets perspective. Cause I have clients all over the country and Canada. Yeah. So what is the next step if somebody wanted to work with you guys? Now, if you go to winrateconsulting.com and fill out our, our, our in intake form, and we have a process because you know we have multiple there's seven coaches including me on the team now so we go through a process of an interview process a personality test a better understanding of who you are and what you want so we try to pair you with the coach that's best for you awesome winrateconsulting.com yep. thank you very much for being on Big Stud it, podcast mike claudio go ask him a question 
I'll What's get, the email again? I'll give you an opinion. Yeah, yeah. What's your... What you do with that? Uh, Mike at BigStudSales.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching the Hook Better Leads podcast, HookAgency.com, Hook Agency all over social. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Bye.